Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry, and I've already forgotten what we're doing. We are doing a misused passage today on Matthew 18 and verse 20. But we have yet to pick the winner. Right, that that has not come out yet. Well, that we just dropped the episode today. Oh. So, and Lena's she's trying to put up a poll, but she says... Facebook won't let her? Because, well, it's election day, so she thinks polls non-Biden related won't be allowed to go. Could <laughs> <laughs> be, who knows? Whatever. <laughs> All right, but we, we will f- come up with the true name, but right now, misuse passages. Yep. So, Unless mine wins, which is fixing fables. So that's up to the listeners. That's, uh, that is up to them. What was the other one? We had two other ones I really liked. Contact, I don't remember. Contextualize, yeah, the content. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we're going to do Matthew 18. (laughs) All right. Kick it off. So in Matthew 18, verse 20, you hear it quoted constantly, where two or three are gathered together or have gathered together in my name. There I am in their midst. And so we want to deal with this passage simply to try to clear up a common misuse by many. If you've been a Christian, frankly, for any length of time, you have heard this passage quoted in one way or the other. The problem, though, is almost never do you hear it quoted properly in its context. And so it ends up becoming its own little proof text for all sorts of very bad theology and practice. In fact, it is used to cover sinful practices, sometimes I I think intentionally, uh, but other times it's just simply done in ignorance. So we're going to settle in for just a few minutes and fix this fable. (laughs) Which is funny because that's ironic that it's used to cover sin. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think about it from that perspective. Well, in the context, that's what it's addressing. Okay. So how is it, how is it used commonly? Well, first of all, a common way is that it's used in a mystical sense. And what we mean by that is that the focus is it's on the last part of the verse there where it says, and there I am in their midst. And so in certain circles, the gathering, therefore, of two or three people invoke the name of Jesus. And essentially they turn it into a Christianized form of summoning. Though they would never no. say that. But it's sort of like summoning a demon or a spirit, but this time they're summoning Jesus for a special time of communion with him. And the argument is that if two or three are gathering in his name, then he promises to come and be among them. And many will also think that two or three are gathered, prayer is somehow more powerful and we're more powerfully heard by Jesus. So if Jesus is to hear your prayer and do something on your behalf, it is best to gather a group of people for prayer. I just saw this um, literally a few hours ago on Facebook where someone wanted to do a live stream to pray for the elections. And that person quoted this passage, you know, where two or three are gathered, there he is. So let's get together and do this. Well, you're actually even working on the research to do some stuff on revival. Yeah. And that's what's, that's part of the struggle when they talk about see at the poll or national day of prayer. I'm not against those things per se, but I am against the idea that a lot of people think because you've gathered a lot of people that somehow the prayers are more powerful. It's like, that's not biblical. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I was just thinking on that one this morning. Um, the most common though uh, way that people use this passage is that two or three people who are saved, they think is what is needed for a church to exist. And a lot of home churches will use this passage, for example, um, though not all home churches do. Yeah, we actually had a guy here who we disciplined out of the church um, eventually for just being exceedingly factious. But he he would quote this all the time, and he, he believed that there was no actual biblical warrant for the local church, um, that that was false, that we all belong to the invisible universal church, and as long as we're Christians. And so he would t take this all the time is, look, anytime you have two or three Christians, Jesus says he's with them, and that's a church. That's that's all you need. And so I said, okay, so I actually asked, I said, so I'm going to make up names. You, you sit with me and Matt Miller and Fred. Which one of us is the elder? Right. And he's like, what? I'm like, well, one of us, is, at least one elder needs to be there if it's going to be a biblical church. Which one is? I said, okay, now when we leave, and, and he's like, well, you are. Okay, I'm the elder. Now, when we then get up from our coffee, because the context was we're at a shop, a coffee shop having coffee together. That's a church. And then when we go a separate ways, I says, who's the elder now? And I was just trying to show him the absurdity of it. But for him, this is how he covered his divisive sin is, look, I'm not saying against the church because uh, your church is not actually a church per se. There's no such thing as the local church. Drove me just yeah. baddie. Yeah, trying bizarre. to argue with those guys is not fun. Well, and it's also used to excuse just not going to church consistently. Right. Um, you know, as long as you just vaguely gather with people, uh, who are Christians, somehow you're being faithful to this idea of encouraging one another onto love and good deeds from Hebrews. If I hear one more, we're coming up to deer season, deer hunting season, and I hear more, one more person, you know what? I can have church out there in the forest just as easily as I can just here. Grab two brothers? Yeah, and... I just, I'm, I'm up with Christian brothers, and you know, Pastor, two or three are gathered. <laughs> just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, even in light of the coronavirus uh, that's brought this out in new ways as well. Um, you know, guys like John MacArthur, for instance, and many others who are saying that the church needs to gather, this is essential. Uh, invariably, a person will start talking about how all you need is two or three to be gathered, to be, you know, quote, going to church. This is also used by many when they stop gathering uh, and have now turned their churches into many small groups or, you know, what are being called micro churches. Yeah. J.D. Greer, for instance, I think did that, didn't he? Yeah. Split his church up into like 10,000 little micro churches yep. around the city. And if you think they're all being overseen by qualified elders, you're whacked. Right. So so that's another common, probably the most common way that this passage is used. Um, it's just simply to say that if two or three Christians have gathered for some purpose related to Bible studies, some sort of worship or prayer, that somehow Jesus is there. Um, it is the bare minimum needed to be a church to which is interesting because then somehow if you're alone jesus doesn't hear your prayer yeah it, it, there's a lot of unexpected error that comes in and people just don't think it through um it's like what um well so yeah anyway that's what's being so taught what's it actually what, so yeah, yeah tell us what it actually so means. we did not actually quote the whole verse when we read it at the beginning here's actually what the whole verse says and and the very first word is important for where two or three 
have gathered together in my name. There I am in their midst. That little word left out is very important. It's for, it, it tells us, it points backward. It gives for this reason. Um, and so it's pointing backward to the prior verses and puts it into its proper context. And that's so important. Uh, that context is actually about church discipline as laid out by Jesus starting in verse 14. And it's actually, you don't need to worry too much about it, but it's actually a chiastic structure. Uh, so the phrase about two or three gathered in the name of Christ is connected backward in verse 16, where it says that you have two or three witnesses to confirm every fact. It helps to understand then the phrase in my name um, speaks of doing something in accordance to Christ's will and according to his character. And because it is Jesus commanding the church to practice church discipline, those who participate can have absolute confidence because they know they're not doing it alone, that Christ is present and he's blessed, his blessing is upon their obedience. But it also destroys the common complaint made by people, especially those being confronted, that this is not loving and it is something Jesus wouldn't do. In fact, have you ever had, I've done probably a bit more discipline than you have. Have you had anyone tell you that Jesus would not approve of this? No, no one said oh, that. Oh, I've had it a good 15, 20 times where they're, they're, they're being confronted privately. Now you brought in a couple of other people, so now you have two or three gathered in the name of Christ to talk to your brother about sin. And they're so fierce, they're like, this is not Christian at all. And it's like, and I always tell them this. I'm like, actually, <laughs> uh, Christ approves of this and you need, to, you need to deal with your sin. Yeah, well, and then let me just throw in here quickly. If you want a fuller treatment or development of this passage, we actually did a whole episode on church discipline. Was it just one or multi? I think it was just one. Okay. It was one of our earlier ones. Yeah. But you can search for it on the website, faithfable.com, and just search church discipline or something, and we walk through Matthew 18, 15 through 20. Yeah, yeah, in detail. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. That's another misused passage. Um, we're going to continue to do these, these little episodes, Lord willing, in an effort to do our part in the task of trying to handle accurately the word of truth. If you have a passage that you've always wondered about or is one that you're struggling with in regards to a theological position or understanding, uh, send us the reference and we'll add it to our list. So let us know if you appreciate this shorter episode and these shorter episodes. And we would just say to encourage you, continue to walk by faith and trusting in our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm.